On this episode of the Scott Stemmen Podcast, we will be talking about nostalgia, why it's important to us, and how it can be destructive. Stay tuned and listen right here on the Scott Stedman Podcast. In my dreams, I see myself hit in a baseball in a greenfield somewhere near a freeway. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Scott Stedman Podcast. It is a cold, rainy day here in, uh, I guess it's Chicago. Illinois, technically it's Napersville, but for some reason, every time I put something up, it keeps saying it's Chicago. Um, I'm out here for a conference, um, so it's going to be very interesting, but as I was uh, um, just over the weekend, um, you know, me and my wife were just having a conversation, and the topic of nostalgia came up, Um, and just to kind of understand what nostalgia is... Um, according to the dictionary, and the nostalgia is a sentimental longing or wistful affection for the past, typically for a period or place with happy personal associations, um, or something done or presented in order to evoke feeling, feelings of nostalgia. So it's really uh, something that makes you happy, something from the past that when it's said or when it comes up, you have some type of feelings attached to it. There's an emotional response uh, to um, to this item. We reminisce about whatever it may be. <clears throat> and one of the cool things is, you know, you think about how the things for the past and how exciting uh, things get. Um, you know, so many times we like to look at um, shows that talk about uh, decade shows like I Love the 80s or I Love the 70s. And you look at these things and you go, oh, wow, you know, yeah, I remember when I had when I had a Teddy Ruxpin doll. Oh, man, those were good times. Um, but when we look at the origin of the word nostalgia, um, it actually um, comes from the Greek word nostos algos, uh, which is broken down into two words, nostos, which is return home, and algos, which is pain. Um, so you kind of see this um, returning home and there being a pain. Um, so and then, of course, later on, we see the German word um, hemwe, uh, which is homesickness. So when we get to nostalgia about the late 18th century, we get this acute homesickness. Um, and really, the popularity of nostalgia really didn't hit till, you know, close to almost 2010. Um, I think with the height of popularity with social media, um, nostalgia has been um, to go back and reminisce about things from the past is much more common now with videos and pictures. Um, you know, people, especially now, you know, you can be friends with someone who's across state lines that you went to high school with and they could be cleaning out their closet and they find that one uh, picture from high school and you're just like, oh, or especially now how Facebook always has like on this day and you can go back how, how many far back until the, I guess from 
whenever Facebook first started, you can go all the way back and look at all your postings of stuff and go, oh yeah, you know, those were good times. Um, but how this topic of nostalgia got started is me and my wife were talking and we've been debating about these uh, Disney live action remakes um, and how we think it's ridiculous, um, <laughs> to say the least. Um, I mean, we had the Cinderella live action remake. Well, technically, if you want to go way back, you have the Alice in Wonderland. And then you go from Alice in Wonderland to, to I think, Cinderella. And then Cinderella, you had, um, oh, I can't even think now. There's some other ones, and then there's Peach Dragon, and then, of course, now there's Beauty and the Beast. And, you know, with Beauty and the Beast, it was almost like, well, why are we doing a Beauty and the Beast remake? Why are we doing a Little Mermaid live action? Uh, why are we doing, um, well, especially why are we doing Mulan? Because Mulan's not that old. You know, it made sense to do Cinderella, because that's a very old classic. Uh, Peach Dragons, a very old classic. Um, Jungle Book. Uh, that was the one I was thinking of, Jungle Book. You know, that's an old classic film. Beauty and the Beast was like the 90s. So it's about 20-some years old, where the others are like about 40, you know, 40, even 50 years old, uh, the animated feature. So you're kind of like, well, why are we having all these live-action remakes? What's the point? Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, it's kind of a dumb idea, and I kind of like how they do, they kind of make it different than, some of the than the original and some of them are kind of like almost like a shot con, shot by shot comparison uh, but we we're talking about how ridiculous it is and how dumb it is and then um my wife said she was listening to one of her multiple disney podcasts and one of the things that someone mentioned on that podcast was that you know the reason why these films are doing so big and why there's so much um buzz about these live action Disney remakes is because a lot of these films are very um, reminiscent or nostalgic uh, back in a time that was pre 9-11 and I thought hmm that's very interesting a you know these films as a kid, we watch and we're like, oh, this makes us so happy. We love watching these as kids. And now they're doing a live action remake. And it kind of takes you back like, oh, yeah, I remember watching the original one. It's something you can share with your kids. It's something that makes you very happy. And especially when all these films happen prior to 9-11, uh, that kind of gives you that nostalgic feeling, a remembrance of times in a in a culture where we didn't have a world with, um, and I know this sounds stupid, but a world without terrorism, because obviously terrorism exists no matter. It's always exists probably longer than 9-11. But for a lot of us, you know, that was the big mark that kind of changed um, our culture in America, uh, that changed the world. And now we have war on terrorism, and we have people all over the world fighting against Al-Qaeda and now fighting against ISIS and it's just chaos and it just seems like everything is just so chaotic in our world and now it's like oh here's this nostalgia uh, when things were great and it just made me think about you know when we look at 
things that we like, they are moments that get us happy. I collect video games, and one of the things about video games is there's times where it's like, oh, I still have some of these. I remember playing that Nintendo game. Like if I go through an antique store and I see, oh, someone's selling used Nintendo games, and I see, oh, wow, they have... Super Mario Brothers and the Duck Hunt. Oh man, I remember playing that game. That was some good times. Or I remember playing Final Fantasy, the very first one, and now I'm playing Final Fantasy 15. So, wow. And then even now, I still have like PlayStation 2 games, even though I have no way of playing them because I no longer have my system. And my fat uh, PlayStation 3 broke, so I can't even play them again. But it's like, oh wow, you know. I have these games, and they're very nostalgic. I'll look at them and go, hmm, and I know I will, like, look them up, and I'll go, ooh, like, I should sell this one. And some of them are like, oh, this is probably worth, like, five bucks. And then I have some that are, like, almost worth $250, like, because they're, they're rare, and they're complete, and they're not damaged, and the disc is good. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm, like, sitting on a gold mine. But yet I don't get rid of them because it's like, oh, could I get more money? Or is it more of like, oh, well, I love playing these games and these are kind of like my babies in a way, which is kind of weird um, how nostalgia can kind of reminisce us and think us of the past. But even thinking about the um, the root word of nostalgia, how it's like to return home in pain, you know, those are not good things like returning home, I guess. Yeah, but. You know, I mean, if you're 35 years old and then you're returning home to like live with your parents, that's not good. Um, so you get to a point where you go, is nostalgia, as though as we talk about the good things about nostalgia and reminiscing, is it destructive? Is it destructive? And as I was thinking about it, I was thinking like, wow, you know, I was thinking about like not necessarily my parents, but I know uh, people from like the older generation. You know, they always post uh, memes about, oh, I remember, do you know what this is? Or I remember playing outside and having fun and I wasn't sitting inside playing video games all day. And it's like, well, yeah, I remember playing outside. I enjoyed those good times. But most of the time, one of the reasons why I don't see a lot of kids playing outside is because they could get kidnapped and taken and sold into trafficking. Um, <laughs> so you... So our world's different. So that reminiscence of playing outside, being barefoot, not having a care of a world, not having no worries, is very nostalgic for some people. And I especially um, think, especially now, especially with the older people, you know, even though like I think like my parents were born in the 60s, um, my wife's parents were born, you know, kind of in the 60s, I think, think. My wife's dad was maybe was born in '58. I'm not sure, um, but it was more of like that. Oh yeah, you know, oh the '50s things were great. Elvis, yeah, but then you had the turmoil of the '60s. You had uh, JFK assassination. You had the Robert Kennedy assassination. You had the Martin Luther King Jr. assassination. Uh, you had the civil rights movement, which the civil rights movement was a good thing, but there was a lot of turmoil when that was going on. Um, you had Vietnam. So this reminiscence of going back to, you know, early 60s, late 50s, when a lot of these, um, you know, a lot of these baby uh, boomers would have been 
uh, kids. You know, that's something that's very uh, interesting to them, uh, something that they reminisce or their parents were kids. And you're just like, wow, which then made me begin to think about the election, this past election. You know, uh, Donald Trump's biggest slogan uh, was make America great again. And a lot of times, a lot of people have taken that make America great again and said, oh, what, like back in the 50s when when black people were oppressed or back when women had no rights or back when the KKK was in its prominence, like that making America great again, um, back when women weren't in the workplace and they were at home and, and blah, blah, blah. And that almost kind of like that leave it to beaver um style family like is that what we're talking about making america great again and i think yeah i think yeah and i mean i don't think like oh let's oppress women let's be racist let's do that but a time when there was no more turmoil a time when there was just no more chaos you know that's how we're going to make america and i think with that campaign slogan, I think one of the reasons why Trump got elected is that there was a lot of people who are kind of reminiscing about, yeah, I want to go back to a time. I want to go back to a time where where I don't have to deal with all this conflict. Um, so, yeah, if it's a time where we can live in a world where, you know, my kids can play outside in the front yard and not be... Um, and not have to worry about, and really not have to worry about being kidnapped. And yeah, I want to go back to that America. Um, you know, especially for younger people, younger conservatives. Yes, I would like to go back to a time where that was pre 9-11. Um, a time where it doesn't seem like that you could be shipped off the war at any minute. And sure, there's those times back in the 80s and 90s, but really after the Vietnam War, you had a couple of these operations. There's Operation Desert Storm, which didn't really seem like it lasts that long um, that I can remember. I can remember Operation Desert Storm as a kid, and I remember you know seeing airplanes flying and people being in the desert and that they were in the Middle East, and then I remember kids saying, oh, peace in the Middle East. Like I really don't know much about Operation Desert Storm, but they weren't big full-fledged wars they were these operations that happen and now when you have like the war on terror or the vietnam war you know those are things that's like ooh, i'm going to go back to a time where our service people are not thrown into a battlefield and going to war where it's more of serving during peace times instead of serving during war times. And if and if Donald Trump is saying we're going to make America great again and he has policies that's going to do that, then he gets my vote. And it's just thinking about how nostalgia um, really plays on people's emotions. Nostalgia really focuses on taking people to a time in the past where they were once happy, where they felt good about themselves. But then I'm thinking, how can nostalgia be dangerous as well? Because it's in a way, it's almost like you're kind of living in an alternate reality. I mean, 
once 9-11 happened, our world changed. And our world's going to continue to change. And there's no way where we're going to have a time uh, back when um, the Reagan era. Because I know a lot of people said, oh, the Reagan era was great. Or a time before Vietnam. Like, those times are are long gone. And those were peace times. But we can't go back to those times. We always have to be looking forward. And um, as I was driving up here to um, to my conference, I happened to get a book on tape, and I was listening to The Circle Maker by uh, Mark Batterson. And as I'm listening to it, he was talking about um, prayer and faith. And, and he started talking about uh, neurology, and he said that he was reading something from a neurologist, and basically... They said that the older you get, you stop using your right side of your brain, which is your imaginative side of your brain, and you start using more on your left side, which is more of your logical side of your brain. And kind of what he says is that you no longer dream anymore. You no longer have these desires or passions. Everything's all about logic. It's about being safe. It's about kind of being inside of a bubble and being closed off and... He kind of said that, you know, when we get older and we stop dreaming, you know, that's when our desires begin to die. That's when, in a way, that's when our faith begins to die because we no longer start thinking about the impossible and what God can do. We're kind of okay with God working within our comfort zones. Um, And I thought that was very interesting, him talking about that. But then he tells about a lady who really wanted to go to school and and get a career but it had to get get kept getting put off hold due to um financial situations and to her raising her kids so then finally at the at the young age of 50 she decided to go to school get her college degree graduated and then she wrote a book and her first book was published when she was 70 years old and he kind of makes the point where it's like yeah even though science in how our brains operate you know yeah if we kind of continue with pace yeah eventually our brains are going to shift more to a logical side instead of a imaginative side we're going to take less risk when we're older instead of now as we're young where we can uh, take more risk um we're more comfortable when we're older, where when we're young, we're okay with pushing the boundaries and expanding our comfort zones and taking that leap of faith uh, as you will. And, um, but, um, but uh, Mark kind of concludes saying, like with this woman's story, he goes, well, who's right? And he goes, well, they both are. But with the older woman, you know, she continued to pursue. She didn't allow the dream to die. Uh, This was her goal. And even though life kind of threw a curveball and life happened and she didn't get to pursue it, but that was something that she was focused on and something she wanted to do. And she went out and she did it. It didn't matter. And that's kind of like um, what he said. He says, you know, a lot of a lot of her friends and her classmates, you know, they're now on the part of retiring where she's just getting started and she's moving forward and she's taking risk and she's doing things now with her degree because she started late. And it just made me think like, wow, yeah, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to get to a point where I no longer have to 
where I no longer have to... Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Where I no longer have to be comfortable, where I have to be um, okay with where I'm at. You know, I want to get to the point where when I retire, I'm still taking risk. I'm still doing things. And sure, I may reminisce about the days when I was younger and I didn't hurt every time when I move. um, Or the times when I could stay up late and play video games and do all this crazy stuff. Um... And play in a rock band and remember and reminisce about all that stuff. But if I allow that past to be able to control me, then I'm never going to grow. I'm never going to be um, who God created me to be, and I'm not going to be able to do what God wants me to do to help Him and to help other people within my communities or within my circle. Because I'm like, well, I've served my time. I'm now it's time for me to kind of hang up, throw in the towel and say, I'm done. I'm not just going to sit in my chair, watch prices, right. until I pass away. Um, so nostalgia, I mean, as much as it's a good thing, it can also be destructive if we reminisce and we kind of continue to focus and stay on the past. So, uh, those were just some interesting thoughts that I had. Um, over the weekend, and especially on my journey up here to Chicago. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, again, this was episode 50 of the Scott Simmons Podcast, so that is absolutely wonderful because uh, I, you, I couldn't even imagine going back. Like, I couldn't even imagine, like, oh, I would have a podcast and have at least 50 episodes now. Um, especially I wouldn't even know what a podcast was when I was a kid. Um, but I'm glad that I did 50 podcasts, and hopefully I will do 50 more. Um, and especially uh, now, we're going to be starting a new series on Camp Marengo, which was the camp I worked at for many, many years. Um, and we're going to kind of do a special segment series uh, focusing around camp life and even addressing some like urban legends and rumors. So that's going to be coming up uh, pretty soon. I've already had a couple interviews already completed and done. Just got to do the mixing and the editing and uh, those should be posted soon. So again, thank you guys so much for listening and I hope you have a great day. Bye.